The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his apostles, Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Whoever welcomes you welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive the reward of the righteous. And whoever gives a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple, truly I tell you, that person will not lose their reward. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to Lord Jesus Christ. One of the reasons why I love Jesus so much is that he tells you things just the way they are. He doesn't try to lure us or to deceive us or to convince us in order for us to follow him. He just tells you the way it is. If you like, you take it. If you like, you, you go the other way. So he's not like uh, some of our politicians or some of our leaders who come with sweet words you know, trying to deceive us to get our votes. And after we give them our votes, they turn their back against us. No, Jesus is not like that. He gives you the difficult teaching, if you like. For instance, he says, if they slap you on one side of the cheek, you should turn the other side of your cheek. And he says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. These are difficult teachings. Today, he says, if you want to follow me, you must take up your cross and follow me. The gospel reading of today, taken from Matthew chapter 10, from verse 37, if you read the three verses before the one we read today, Jesus says that, uh, do not think that I have come to bring peace on earth. I have not come to bring peace, but division. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. And so one begins to imagine, why would Jesus be giving us these uh, you know, difficult teachings? You know, that's to tell you, he tells you just the way it is. And he says today, whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves daughter or son more than me is not worthy of me. What actually is Jesus trying to communicate to us when he gives us this difficult teaching? 
recall that uh, the reason, the primary reason why Jesus came into this world was uh, just like what John 3.16 tells us, that for God so loved the world that he gave us, he had to send us his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him would have everlasting life. So Jesus actually came to give us that eternal life. And Isaiah puts it this way in Isaiah 53, verse 5, that Jesus was wounded for our transgressions, that he was bruised for our iniquities, and upon him laid the chastisement that has uh, made us whole, the chastisement that has given us salvation. And so he was persecuted because of you and I. He was bruised, he was killed, he was crucified on the cross of Calvary because of you and I. And St. John tells us in John 15, 13, that there is no greater love than this, that a man had to lay down his life for his friends. And so Jesus paid the ultimate price because of you and I. And I begin to wonder, there is, you don't need anybody to tell you that Jesus loves you very much. We don't need anybody to tell you that he loves you more than your parents that he loves you more than your children, that he loves you more than all your friends put together. So we don't need actually anybody to tell us. And besides, he is the owner of your life. He has your life, the life of your family members, the life of your children. He owns the lives of uh, all of us. And so why would anyone even think of uh, loving his or her mother more than Jesus? Why would you ever think of loving your children, loving your parents, more than Jesus. It doesn't actually make sense. But why did Jesus tell us to, why is he saying that whoever loves father or mother or more than me is not worthy of me? Why is he saying that? Is it that, uh, he, is, is he trying to abolish the law that of course commands us, the fourth commandment that commands us to respect our parents? Is he trying to make us disconnect ourselves from our family ties? No. This is not actually what Jesus is trying to communicate. I think what he is trying to tell us is that uh, we must put Jesus first in everything we are doing in our life. Jesus must be first in our families. Jesus must be first in our marriage. Jesus must be first in everything we are doing. He must be the driver in that car. He must be the leader of your family. He must be the pilot of that aircraft. That is the message that Jesus puts across to us today. Recall also when Peter and the other and the apostles were brought before the Sanhedrin, and they were like accused, why have you filled the whole of Jerusalem with the teaching of Jesus? And they made a very remarkable statement. They said that obedience to God is first before obedience to man, before obedience to any other person. And so loyalty to God comes first. Obedience to God comes first before obedience to, your, to our parents, before obedience to our children or any other person. That is the message that Jesus is communicating to us. I, I remember very well the day I got admission to study in a seminary, I took a decision to become a priest. So I went to my dad and I told my dad I was going to the seminary. My dad was not very much okay with that, and he said I should choose between himself and my priesthood. Of course, I said, well, dad, I've made up my mind. I'm going to the seminary. 
and became a problem and I left the seminary and all through my formation years, you know, I was having that conflict with my dad. But right after my ordination, I think my dad must have seen the glory of the priesthood. I think he must have seen the dignity of the priesthood. And so he called me and so that was how, you know, we reconciled and today we are best of friends. And each time when I go back home, he calls me father. And I say, yes, my son, how are you doing? And we just laugh over that. You know, but, but the point here is that at every point in time, we as Christians are called to stand up for Christ. We are called to stand up for Christ. And when we stand up for Christ, we must anticipate and we must expect persecution we must expect those who we persecute us. We must expect those who we reject us. Why? Because we have decided to stand for Christ. And that was the persecution that I went through you know, all through my seminary years, that my, my father was not there for me. But I was able to carry this cross all along. And just like what the psalmist would say in Psalm 30, verse 5, that sorrow may endure all through the night, but joy will surely come at dawn. So at every point in time, when we take that decision to stand for what we believe, to preach the good message of Christ, to stand and promote and stand for our faith in the different places where we are walking, we must be ready for rejection. We must be ready for those who will persecute us. We must be ready for those who will call us all kinds of names. And that is why Jesus encourages us today that we must carry our cross. We must carry our crosses daily and follow him. Because as Christians, you know, we must anticipate these persecutions that we come from, even our family members, even our friends, even our co-workers. But sometimes when we are faced with these persecutions, you know, we tend to shy away from them. We tend to even deny Jesus. We tend to stop talking about it. When we are persecuted for promoting the core values of Christianity, sometimes we shy away from it. Sometimes we don't even want to identify ourselves as Christians. No, that shouldn't be the case. We must be ready at every point in time to carry our cross and to preach this good message of Christ. And of course, our crosses come to us in different ways. Our crosses come to us in different ways. Are we ready to carry this cross to follow Jesus. It could be your marriage, the challenges you are having in your marriage. Are you able to stand firm and carry your cross and follow Jesus? It could be whatever challenges you are experiencing now because you have decided to compromise, you have decided not to compromise your faith. You have decided to stand for what you believe. You have decided to stand for that Christian value. Whatever challenges that come as a result of that decision you have taken. You must stand firm because at the end of the day, the Lord God will always vindicate you. And so Jesus knows very well that uh, uneasy lies ahead that where the, the crown. He knows very well that uh, his children, his followers, his prophets, his priests, that they will experience persecution, that they will experience opposition, that they will experience challenges. And that is why he went on to say, that we must support them as they go about proclaiming, spreading the good message of Christ, that we must support them and not to discourage them. And hence he said, whoever gives a cup of water to any of these prophets of mine 
will receive a profit's reward. Whoever supports any of these who are always promoting, preaching my message, that person will receive a profit's reward. And we see this reward. We see this at play in the first reading that this woman, the Shunanite woman, was able to support Elisha, was able to provide hospitality for Elisha, provided a house for, for him, provided food for him, provided shelter for him, for him. And this woman was blessed with a child. This is the type of blessing we get at each point in time. We take decisions or we make effort to support and to promote the mission of Christ. Someone once says that uh, some give to the mission, some give to the mission by going, and others go to the mission by giving. Some give to the mission by going. Those like those, the priests, the religious, the nuns who have decided to dedicate themselves, they have given to the mission by going. And others go to the mission by giving. So if you cannot give to the mission by going, if you cannot encourage your, your children or some other persons to give to the mission by going, then you must try as much as possible to go to the mission by giving. And what does that mean? That we all have been called to give to the mission either by our physical presence or by our material contributions or by our talents. And I think that this is what many of us do here, the choir, the ushers, the, the lectors, the auto servers, and many of us who contribute our time and resources to see that, uh, you know, the, the church keeps moving on. And Jesus encourages all of us, even if you don't want to give to the mission, at least do not, uh, do not frustrate those who are giving to the mission. If you don't want to support the mission, at least do not frustrate those who are contributing to the message of God. And so, my dear friends in Christ, the ball is on the court of all of us. What are you contributing towards the development of the church of God? Are you contributing your time? Are you contributing your resources? Are you contributing your talent? What are you contributing towards the development of God's church? We pray at this Mass that God will give us that grace we need to continue to put him first in everything we do. And that is why, you know, the scripture will tell us, you know, the kingdom of God first, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and every other thing will be added unto you. May the good Lord bless his words in our hearts through Christ our Lord.